Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. We're back after an epic break uh, in which we watched lots of Arsenal games over the Christmas and New Year period. And it's, I, I feel this is like a special uh, edition because Psychic Josh is still away, unbelievably still away, gallivanting around Australia and Malaysia, the Far East. I don't know where he is. And I'm joined by Alan Alga, who brilliantly, heroically stepped in to be like co-host, new psychic. And it's just the two of us for this special head-to-head <laughs> of two pretty much Wenger... Um, realists. Realists. <laughs> doubters. So... The the what are they call what do they call Marston knows best slightly slightly unfairly AKB AKB yeah. slightly unfairly regarded as that, that tribe will be furious because we will be pretty much agreeing but there's lots of other stuff to discuss rather than just the state of Arsenal Wenger um, but before we get into the nitty gritty hi Alan by the way happy hi Christmas, boys happy, New happy, Year, Christmas, happy Christmas happy New Year <laughs> <laughs> happy New Year um, we should say that Footballistic Arsenal is backed for the season by Labrooks. Sign up and deposit up to £50 and Labrooks will put the same amount into your account, giving up to £50 worth of free bets. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.arsenalpodcast.net. So, the matches that we uh, missed, that we didn't... Some, some podcasts do after post-match analysis every single game. They're admirable, some, aren't they? Some do two or three two between or three. matches. We don't have that. We don't have that. <laughs> frankly, uh, obsession. Um, we don't have the wherewithal to meet that often, do we? Um, if only we did. So we've got Arsenal-West Ham in the League Cup, which, let me remind you, was uh, we won 1-0. And you described in the... And you did a, you've done a brilliant menu with, like, one-line descriptions of these games. Um, the Hammers looked disinterested as Arsenal went out in a narrow win in a dull game. Fair enough. There was Arsenal 3, Liverpool 3. So, because it's easy to forget, in, in, the, we're, in the aftermath of, last, of yesterday's diabolical yeah. all-time diabolical match um, that there have been some brilliant games there's two brilliant games Arsenal 3 Liverpool 3 
and Arsenal 2, Chelsea 2. Both incredible that I was at. I don't know if you, they were both. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant games. And I thought, and we played pretty damn well, certainly attacking-wise, both of those games, obviously defensive issues. Then there were games like um, Palace-Arsenal, which is also pretty incredible, Palace to Arsenal 3. There was the West Brom one, including the legendary Mike Dean penalty decision, which has had huge implications and ramifications for everyone <laughs> since then. Um, and then there's yesterday's game. So there's a lot, there is a lot of issues to chew over. There's penalties, there's the refereeing conspiracy, as I'm calling it, that um, Arsenal keeps going on about, that I had a Twitter spat about last night. There's um, VAR games happening tonight, isn't there, as we speak, where they're bringing in video assistance. Yep. There's Wenger getting suspended by the FA and touchline ban. Does that have any effect? Do we care? Does he do anything on the touchline <laughs> anyway? Um, Lotus Cockerlan might be going. Theo might be going. Who's coming in? No one. Oh, Johnny Evans might be coming in. Johnny Evans might be coming in and we've Apparently. signed a, a Greek defender in the meantime exactly. as well, a young Greek defender. So loads and loads. Where should we begin? Well, I suppose we've got to begin with yesterday, haven't we? Fro- I think so the, the because I think everything else is dominated by the taste left in the mouth by how bad the team were yesterday. And actually, thinking about it, I, I did look through the menu as I was uh, typing it up and we should have beaten Forest yesterday. And if we had done, you know, it had been six games uh, over that period since we last spoke on the podcast where we wouldn't have lost a match. Yeah. And, you know, you'd have taken that yeah. back at the time. But there's so many other little issues feeding in to the other five games that that yesterday, now that it's a defeat, I think that do, does actually end up defining the period because it's, it's, some draws can be... Yeah. You can talk about draws in, in an unbeaten run mm. and that's good as long as you've got a decent number of wins to, to cover that over. But I think if you start talking about draws in an unbeaten run and then you bookend that with a defeat, especially one as bad as yesterday, then I think that does end up defining it. And it's classic Arsenal, isn't it? Because we've had this before where even though... You know, whether you think about the cup competitions, it does it just derails the momentum, doesn't it? So we, I mean, even though we had, there were a lot of draws, but it was an unbeaten run, yeah. and we had some pretty effective att- attacking performances, as I said. And then we were so terrible in every department. I thought yesterday, the the the, the B team attack, yeah, was poor. I mean, the defense was obviously excruciating, but it just kind of it does derail the whole thing. And, and, and mentally, you know, the team, I mean, I guess even the, even the A team must feel, what do they feel? What's, you know, what does, what you know, what does Mez Ozil feel seeing that terrible, embarrassing shambles? It's just, it, it must have some kind of effect, mustn't it? I, I guess, even though obviously none of those players were anywhere near it. Weirdly. So for me, the defining decision of the whole thing, I can understand him choosing the B team yeah. playing, didn't have any problem with the selection at all, really. I, I mean, I have issues with Mertesacker and Rob Holding as a central defence in a four, yeah. which was painful. And the fact that he didn't fix that and didn't even think fixing it was extraordinary. Mm. But I still think if he'd have had Sanchez and Ozil on the bench and Lacazette on the bench, if he'd have had one or two or three of those, they could have still turned it round. I mean, we weren't that far from turning it round, even, even with the terrible, terrible bunch of losers we had play yeah. yesterday but to not do that to give them all the weekend off what what I mean I just again mystifying that was extraordinary I thought that for me it was it was strange because he didn't exactly overplay them in the previous no. five games so no. it wasn't as if he was trying to manage them in that sense I mean th- those games are done and dusted everyone got their rest I yeah think, uh, one game Ozil had a rest I think yeah. another game Sanchez had a rest 
Um, Lacazette keeps getting a rest for sort of the last 20 minutes of each game. So I wouldn't say any of them would be saying that they need their batteries recharged. And they're part of a squad, so they should be going up there anyway. You know, They should be travelling with the team anyway. But overall, does it point to the fact that even though we, we highlighted in the last pod that there's now this B team and they've been given the cup competitions as their thing, because there's no movement between the two, mm. have they finally reached the situation where they're saying, it does not matter how well I play because I know I'm not going to be put up to the first team. And some of them seem to be happy with that. Someone like Theo Walcott. I mean, what what is going through his head when he yeah. plays in that game? Is he thinking, I can have a great performance here. It's on you know terrestrial TV. Other clubs might see me. I'm in the shop window. I might get back into Arsenal's reckoning. Or is he really thinking I've down tools? I don't care anymore. It looked like it was uh, the latter. Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, they all just looked. I, I do think I've, I've made this point. Of, I think a few weeks ago, but I do think yeah. it must feel, as you say, because because there's no graduation from the B team to the A team. Mm. Very little. At most, yeah, Theo playing like I think he played the last seven minutes or something in in uh, in the game before. Yeah, the Chelsea, Chelsea game. game. Yeah, about, yeah. yeah, came um, seven minutes ago. And I just think it must deep down. You must think what? Yeah, I'm, I am. I am a second. I'm a second rate in in Arsenal as mine right now. Mm. I'm a second rate player, and that and that must feel. I mean, not just through him, but all of them. I feel like players like Iwobi, like so. Our friend Chaz, didn't he? Nuki Bird, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always gets a name check on the podcast. <laughs> he tweeted yesterday because I think Iwobi is incredibly mediocre now. Yeah, I mean, he did have some promise. I thought when he first, you know, we're excited to have a new young yeah. player getting some first team selections and you know, attacking guy. But now I feel he's he's just another me, one of our mediocre B team players. And Chester was saying, "I'll get uh, slanging off Arsenal fans for attacking, slanging off Iwobi, and you know, being being um, simplistic." But I'm not slanging off Iwobi. It's not his fault. It's it's the coaching. I'm blaming the yeah. coaching that he hasn't gone anywhere. That he's not. Advancing, he's not getting better. In fact, for me, he's regressing and is either as worse or certainly not anywhere better than he was when we first saw him a couple of years ago. Well, and the I, same goes for like that, that entire B team, every all of them. Like the, they're all holding, you know. And what? Who's who's yeah. improving him as a player? Certainly not. If you if you imagine that there is some kind of coaching structure at Arsenal in that if you're in the under 23s or the the younger teams, then you're being coached by someone different then um, it does back up your point because I thought the most exciting players yesterday were the ones that have probably had the least interaction with Arsene Wenger over the last uh, <laughs> yeah. year or so because they've come into it fresh from the youth team and yeah. um, that that could well be a point. And Awobi, when he came in, I remember making the point um, probably on Twitter, maybe on this podcast, that he actually used to make the right decision all the time. For he's such a young player, he used to get the ball to his feet and be able to knock it yeah. off to the side. And obviously he had good players in front of him like uh, Ozil and Sanchez. But he, he was asked to do that one-touch pass and he did it. And sometimes he'd get played back in and his finishing wasn't too good. But you always thought, well, he can work on that because yeah. he's got the basics right. And now he doesn't even look like he's got the basics. And all of this, you know, it, it's like any point we always try and unravel on this podcast it always comes back to the manager. It always <laughs> yeah, does. I know, I know. And uh, yesterday is a, a case in point. It really is. And Welbeck's um, another one, isn't it? Like another one Welbeck. Who... I mean, again, you know, I've got one of those real pet peeves that people are over-inflating players whenever they're out of our squad. Mm. 
and they suddenly become you know absolutely incredible when they come yeah. back in and I think people did that with Welbeck after his first injury. I know he was out for a long time, and that's tough for a professional footballer. Yeah, but I don't also think there was he, the narrative. Hate the word, but in this particular case, you know, people say narrative. Yeah, it's all about because he came back from that long injury and he scored, didn't he? Yeah, in his first game was against Leicester, was it? Yeah. Leicester. He put it was such a, a great moment. So there's the romance of it yeah. is lovely. But yeah, it doesn't hide the fact that he's finishing his, <laughs> he's incredibly mediocre. Well, it has been. That's exactly. why Manchester United let him go to us, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think I think someone was looking through his recent goals. And I think seven of his last 10 goals for Arsenal have been mishits or deflections, oh which is quite incredible. Yeah. And, and, and that goal against Leicester, which put us odds on for the title, and obviously it was two months left in the season. And obviously it was a great deal yeah. of good feeling. Yeah, we want those moments. We want the players to do well. But you can't take him ghosting in and then suddenly uh, scoring that goal as a definition of whether he's going to be a great player for Arsenal. No. But some people did, and yeah. that was it. Yeah. He was a legend for that I one touch. I think I got carried away, yeah. Um, and, but, but I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying don't get positive about the team. I'm not mm. saying don't enjoy supporting the team and those moments. What I'm saying is don't overblow them. Yeah. And there's another case, and it was pointed out in yesterday's game, there were people at Wembley singing uh, Hold In, You Know, is better than Cannavaro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you'll be quite embarrassed if you sung that, if you watch yesterday's game. But that was an ironic game. thing, isn't it? Isn't that just I get that. Like, and yeah. he had a great performance in that one game. Yeah. But although that song, I mean, no, no one in their right mind, even if they thought he was good, was comparing him no. to someone that good. No. But they were certainly trying to elevate yeah. him towards that pedestal yeah. when in reality you should be saying he's a young player in a position where you're likely to make mistakes let's not overdo it but yeah. we overdid it and then everyone ends up disappointed so I think Chaz has got a point that you don't want to attack these players but yeah. I think you do have, have to actually then <laughs> you have to be positive everyone wants young players at Arsenal to do well but you can't then overblow it and, and, and raise them to these pedestals where they shouldn't be because you will end up disappointed. You definitely will end up disappointed. And we've ended up, you know, yeah. extremely disappointed with some of the players from yesterday's game. And watching, just watching that, I can't think of a more of a less mobile set. I mean, holding and, and mm. motorcycle together in that was just, it was just painful. And it was yeah. like, no, and why would, you know, Forrest, I mean, I felt like saying that pe- pe- Forrest played brilliantly. I mean, yeah. within, you know, in the context of their season with a caretaker manager, it's everything, everything about them. They played out of their school and all that. But someone said something funny on um, a, f- a phone that I heard yesterday. Someone, an Arsenal fan said, but to be fair, they're only playing one of the worst defensive yeah. f- ever. Like, and the, all the manager had to do was Mertesacker and Holding, the least mobile <laughs> defensive ever, just run at them, which is what they did. And it worked. of course it worked. And we didn't know anything about it. And mm. it carried on working. And that's... I mean, why they won? It was it was just. Basic. I, mean, I think he quite clearly said it. I think I think the, the the issue sometimes is with these managers of the smaller teams. Whenever we play them, is they don't want to offend Arsene Wenger right. because they think that there's this you know big pecking order in management. Yeah. Maybe there is. I mean, I've never worked in in management that side, but maybe there you know there's this pecking order. So I remember the, the Sutton manager last year, Paul Doswell, who's who I've worked with before, and I would occasionally text. 
I was mucking about with him sort of saying, um, well, you know Arsenal's weaknesses because I tweet about them all the time and yeah. tell you about them all the time. So you must. And he's like, no, 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 I really don't think you're right there. And this is almost like, even though he was being praised for a really good job where he looked at the Arsenal defence and weaknesses, he didn't want to take any credit for, for bashing someone who, yeah. you know, is held in this such high regard within the management ranks. But what a great job he did. But, the, you know, that picture which will haunt Arsenal fans forever. The the picture of the defending of the of yeah. the first free kick. Yeah, with the wall. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I I likened it to. I I actually think, and I, I and I'm pretty sure this has happened. Whenever I've played in Sunday football, if that kind of thing would have happened, you'd get a shout from the sidelines. Someone would say from yeah. the sidelines, you know, you know, he's not offside there or something like that. Right. And yet yeah. you've got a World Cup winner at the back who's still adamant and raising his hand as the ball is just nestling in the back of the net. That that's cluelessness of such a high level that it, it it's not even excusable. It, you can't even try and find an excuse for that. Well, I was trying to work out was it Ospina? I mean, surely Ospina's got to take a huge amount of. Yeah, absolutely. Blame, Should he? be saying this he's, guy's in front of me. Yeah. He's not offside because. Yeah. And then everyone else yeah. should realise. I, mean, I do but, think if Czech had been, I, I surely Czech would have sorted that. Out, do you think? Not, I, I mean, I can only. I don't. You'd know. like to think so, like but think. A lot, like a lot of the things that we sort of try and second guess here, you, you just don't know. You really don't know. Um, and again, people, to talk about refereeing decisions, right? Yeah. This is a big yeah. issue. In fact, let's, we'll, let's have a break and then we'll talk about refereeing decisions. Footballistically Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back from the break. Um, referee, there's a whole thing now underlying... Now, to be fair to Arsene Wenger, in, in the post-match interview... Yesterday, after yeah. Friday's game, he did. He said, "I'm not going to grab referees," and he didn't. Completely did not, but still laughed and kind of implied that the penalty, the first penalty, for me was like a complete. You can tackle from behind in in the penalty area. Definite pen. Nine times out of ten, yeah. it's going to be penalties. Now, yeah. like if you get a bit of the ball, it's not the point. You no. can't. It's not. It's as soon as Debussy went, it was like, oh, it's obviously going to be. You read, if you read the laws of the game, that's the pen. It's, it's just so it's so basic, yeah. isn't it? So. There's now there's this whole kind of myth for me that's come up about this whole across this whole period starting. So Mike Dean was the start of it. Yeah, yeah. That was obviously one of the worst penalty decisions. It was a terrible, terrible decision. Yeah. The handball, fine. And Wenger went ballistic, and all every we all went ballistic, and it was terrible. Absolutely fine. But after that, but the point, the reason why two things to say about it for me are Wenger conflated that terrible decision. We said something like Mike Dean saw what he wanted to see, which implies that Mike Dean deliberately yeah. gave it against us because he because he because for some weird reason, yeah. And then expanded on that, and that's why he's got got charged with the FA, which by the way he didn't contest. So in the end, he he got his ban. He did not contest it, yeah, because he was implying that it was that Mike Dean was fixing it somehow or yeah, was part exactly. of some conspiracy. Yeah. That's what you can't say, isn't it? So the rules are clear. You can't criticise decisions, can't you, as a manager? Man- managers do it all the time. You can say, oh, I think that that was that was a terrible decision. You can say it was the worst decision ever in the history of football, if yeah. you want, and you won't get punished. What you can't imply is that the referees made that decision for nefarious reasons. Yeah, exactly. part of any yeah. kind of conspiracy. And that's what Wenger did. That's why he got in trouble. Yeah. And he did it again after the next game and that penalty in the um, Chelsea, Chelsea game. Yeah. Which was where this supposed dive happened, mm. where he did he clutched his um, leg, didn't he? When yeah. he was when the he was kicked on his foot. Fine, it may have been a dive, but again, most pundits thought that was a penalty. I thought so, it was first call. I thought it was, it was as just well. above it. Yeah. yeah, Ian Wright did. I think I think yeah. he was the pundit. Most people did. 
Or it may have been a dive, but it can be both a dive and a penalty. Mm. And I've had arguments on Twitter over the last few days about endless arguments. Even it's not the point. There's no conspiracy. If there was a conspiracy, what is the motive? Yeah. Why were these referees lining up? What's I'd love to ask Wenger. Yeah. None of the none of the journalists. It infuriates me. I can tell you, it's not betting. No, so it's not well, that. But people, someone did imply betting yeah, to me. I had, well, a, I had a long discussion with someone, and I was asking them. I had to ask them repeatedly, "What is the motive for this?" And yeah. they implied betting. Mike They're Dean. Like, I'm like, really? Mike Dean's involved in a betting conspiracy. Well, b- well, back back in the early 2000s, Mike Dean was involved in a betting website. But I've got to say, <laughs> someone's dragged up an article and put two and two together and come up with five because it it, it was a tipping site right. for um, horse racing but okay. low level low grade right. horse racing he'd have had no influence in it whatsoever unless he somehow was riding horses which he doesn't look like he does <laughs> so all he was doing was writing about some yeah. some uh, yeah. tips for horse racing there was no football on it at all right he wasn't involved in any kinds of football betting football tipping or anything right. like that but the headliners newspapers like to do is right. dean involved in betting website you right. read the article it's nothing to do with it so a lot of people were therefore dragging this up and I just don't I don't I don't see it I, I, I think I think Mike Dean is the least likely person to do that because of how he is yeah. I, I, it's I think he's I think he's a bad ref oh, on terrible. occasions yeah. but for me it's there's a psycholo- there may be a psychological reason why he, he makes big he, he loves making big decisions mm. doesn't he yeah. often at the end of in crucial moments mm. And and he definitely is a drama queen. I mean, the way yeah. he was straying around in that game, yeah. I was watching. He's infuriating. He loves it. He loves being yeah. the centre of attention. He loves making. He loves. I think he loves pissing people off yeah. as well. All of that. But I think that goes for everything. Everyone. Yeah. I think he just likes making big decisions. Not against us particularly. Yeah. And it may be. But again, you know, just against. It's just the way he is. But I don't think he's targeting us as part no. of some conspiracy. And it's it's annoying that. That decision was made, and, that, yeah. and I think you can you can definitely there trace it to his personality and his psychology. But he's not deliberately going no. out of his way. There was a, there was a ref interviewed on TV as part of that decision. He said it is definitely the wrong decision. Yeah. But I want to talk to you about the way games are ref. Right. So he said that as you can see, there's a there's a West Brom player in front of him at the time. What he'll be trying to do is looking at the legs of the player because the most con- Contentious things if you're both dribbling towards the touchline is was it a corner or was it a, a goal kick? So yeah. a lot of the time you'll be spending 80% of your time looking down at the feet to see that if there is a quick cross and the and the defender sticks out his leg, did it come off him and then and then go behind or is it a goal kick? Yeah. So that's probably what Dean's yeah. looking for at the time. But the cross comes up a bit higher and then um, the defender's arm comes down and then hits a natural position. Yeah. But Dean will be thinking from the last time he looked at that player that the arm was in a reasonably unnatural position quite high up and then he's seen that he's hit the arm and adding those two things together, sometimes you'll make the wrong decision. Yeah. yeah. So, right, I mean, he sure. did hit his arm. Yeah. I mean, he's not yeah. making up that it hit no, someone's arm. Exactly. It's just where it hit right. him on the arm. Exactly. So, um, I, th- I think that was a reasonable explanation and, and referees will get those things wrong. You can't hide how bad that performance was at West Bromwich Albion, though. No, you can't. right, exactly. This is but this is the infuriating thing, and it is for me the fans that go and you know there are videos out there, aren't there? Like every day, there's a new compilation of bad decisions yeah. given against us, you know, and um, all these things. And, and people having when I keep going on about there's no conspiracy attacking me as if. I haven't realised have, we've had some bad decisions given yeah. against us. I don't care. All of that is masking. And for Wenger to go on and on mm. about it and the embarrassing, and I think it is embarrassing. And yes, yeah. people say I've got an agenda. 
it's not an agenda. It's an opinion that it is terrible. Well, the worst thing to is focus is on those decisions and not on the defence. Yeah. The defence is the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Not the fucking refereeing decisions. Yeah. Well, the worst thing is, is that they will add in things like the Chelsea penalty, which most people oh. think was a penalty. Oh my god! Completely. So therefore, you're not talking about two penalties. You're not talking about one penalty against West Brom's Elm, oh. which is a bad decision. You're actually saying no. There's two in two games yeah. because, and and then you start to mount up the yeah. case, but yeah. but actually. I found a re- you're right exactly. I found there was a great when I was researching for today. When I was when I was having an argument, one of my Twitter arguments with someone about it. I found a BBC um, page where they got X three experts to look at all of our recent decisions, all yeah. the penalties. Oh really? Yeah, right. and basically like three quarters of them were fine. They're every, they all agreed they were absolutely fine. Yeah, and the one everyone agreed that the that one the West Ham one wasn't. Yeah, and then there was a bit of disagreeing and throwing over probably the Chelsea one, but. There is no. There, it's not. If we'd have had four decisions given against us, there are obviously like the wrong. West Brom one. Yeah, like, fine. Yeah. It yeah. has not happened. Yeah, it hasn't been that bad. But even then, they'd be different refs in different situations. Yeah. So yeah, the conspiracy is not there. Be, That's just four strands yeah. of bad luck. And Wenger's quote, the one the final quote. So when yeah. I was arguing last night, I was arguing with someone else on Twitter mm. about this this whole issue. And I said, you know, because I joked that at least he didn't blame it on the conspiracy of referees. Yeah. the Forest game, um, and they said, and they said, oh, Wenger hasn't said it was conspiracy. I'm like, well, actually, what he said about after the Mike Dean thing, and then after the ne- the Chelsea game was, um, when you get this many decisions against you, it can't be coincidence. That was yeah. his quote. No, yeah. no, no, it's exactly a coincidence, and there haven't been that many bad decisions against yeah. us. That's my point. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think, you know, t- t- fans, football fans are so. I, my theory is, if you looked at every... Obviously, we're all... Arsenal Twitter and Arsenal social media is huge. So we're all kind of in this, like, echo chamber. Yep. To give the obvious title of this podcast yep. that's happening now. <laughs> but Arsenal fans, we're all in our own... All fans of all clubs are in our own echo chamber. We're all discussing every decision yeah. given against us. I reckon if I suddenly looked at, I don't know, Liverpool fans on Twitter, they'd probably have a catalogue of decisions that went against them as well. Everyone feels their yeah. own team's... You're, it's persecuted, don't they? By yeah, the, oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you, I mean, you, you probably catch other games on TV that involve other teams. I yeah, don't know whether how, how many, how many yeah. you watch, but um, actually attending matches where I'm a neutral is, is probably in the majority in the yeah. last ten years. That's probably the majority of matches I've I've actually attended yeah. is where I'm going to a game where it's something to do with work and I'm not supporting either team. And the amount of times you're sitting around a, a, a a director's box or even a, a set of fans where they're shouting for something that blatantly isn't yeah, theirs. Of course. Is, and I've got, been, remember, I've got no interest other than yeah. whether the referee's right or wrong. And I would say the vast, vast majority of time, you're looking at sort of 96% chance that the referee's right. Yeah. And it's funny because the, the article today is that VAR will t- take it from 96 up to 98. I mean, oh, really? who really cares about that extra Amazing. 2%? But fans sometimes uh you know utterly ridiculous yeah. but that that changed my behavior when i would come back to arsenal games cuz oh, yeah. i'd be sitting amongst arsenal fans like scream of penalty and i'd be yeah. like loudly saying no that's not you know <laughs> like, yeah. you're wrong yeah i do that a bit as well yeah i think if it's if, if i just it, want to be fair yeah, exactly I, I, yeah. I, 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 and i understand yeah. it and i don't feel i'm not trying to paint ourselves as being better fans it's just it's no, just no, no, we should no. all we've all got to be realistic of the nature of football fandom is you you 
go mad about how everything's against you, but it's just not. Certainly. But I think it's when the manager is taking that position. I know that's what I commend it to Mourinho. I think Mourinho is the most irritating. Mm. I mean, he's got worse. I think his his whole behaviour in it recently. You know, I like him. Con- <laughs> I know, I like him. Mourinho was a winner. I know you've got that. You've got that Piers Morgan. He's a winner. He's brilliant. But he is a hor- the stuff. The whole can't believe thing. you just compare me to Piers. Sorry, I'm comparing you to Piers Morgan. Yeah, it's, that, it's getting that bad out. Um, the whole that whole the whole spat is having with Conte at the moment. I think is yeah. incredibly entertaining, but I think Conte has been brilliant with him. He's just, I mean, I'm you know, give me Conte any day over that little shit. They're both winners, aren't they? They're both winners, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I admire his winning, but I think even that now, I think it's like now it seems like a two year maximum period where his players can put up with his fucking horrendousness. Yeah, Mourinho, you know, I just think clearly that everyone goes off him very, and I think it's just it's clinging to the last embers of his reputation that's my, anyway but why was I why did they even bring him up oh yeah to com- say that when Wenger starts going it goes back to the thing I said a couple of weeks ago Wenger's got this whole thing about uh, he is the supreme intelligent being and it, in many ways he is he is a brilliantly uh, you know a great man like someone accused me of hating him yesterday I don't hate him I, in many ways I love him but I hate I hate the decline in his reputation and kind of what how we've ended up but I I, I genuinely and I know you th- I th- but I think the start of what you said there I think it's definitely wrong. I, I do. I know. I know he's got his languages, and the, you know, the, is it the economics degree and stuff like that. I, I get that he's a brilliant mind, shall we say? Yeah, that, oh, that's what I mean, though. But yeah, I it's think, the mind. I yeah. think I'm not saying he's got a brilliant football tactical mind. I'm exactly. Just but I, I also think that that sometimes because his intelligence is so overblown in that area, <laughs> yeah, everybody thinks that every single decision he makes in other areas has to be right. Oh yeah, look, I agree. Yeah, and. And I, I don't think I don't think it's a mutually exclusive thing. I think you can no. be you can make utterly stupid decisions in football. We're seeing it, yeah. you know. Oh, I think well, what my theory is is that I actually it's like, I think he is a brilliant mind. I think, or I think compared yeah. to almost every other manager, anyway, yeah. he's so. I think his eloquence and his his intelligence, but I think his his um, I think he's start his he's begun to believe, or for a long time now, is believing that he is the superior being. Yeah, among not. Arsenal, and that means his comments recently. The comments he made, you see the comments he made about the new, the scouting guy that he brought in, Sven. Yeah, yeah where he said something. He was quoted in the mirror saying, "I think it was in the press conference before the yeah, last." No, game. it was. It was actually a public press conference. Yeah, yeah, where he said something like, "Oh, we do know all the players in the world." You know, yeah. like an arro- incredible arrogant comment. Essentially like, saying, yeah. "Yeah, essentially saying, well, I don't need, didn't need, this don't guy, need that yeah. help." And I feel that's cl- that's classic. What he is now. He actually went further. He goes, oh, "Yeah, apart from some German second division yeah, right, clubs, as if right. as if the guy." You know, what's, yeah. what's he, what's he going right. to tell me new out of here? Well, I'm but. sorry, Arsene, but your recent, you know, if, if you if you think Rob Holding is the answer to our defensive solutions, or, you know, just yeah. to pluck him as an example, then clearly you do need help for scouting because it's not, it's not working. Yeah. And I just think, I think as the years go on, that's more and more his kind of, his personality trait, his main personality trait is overblowing, is believing in his own myth of brilliant superior intelligence in every area. And I think it's, that's the sadness of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, let's mention Josh here because, you know, he's away yeah. sunning himself in Australia where it's yeah. been about 46, 45 degrees, something yeah. like that. So I hope he's not too burnt. But when, it, when I've been on the podcast before with Josh and, and I've questioned Arson's intelligence in other areas, he says, yeah, but look at his press conference and he got asked a question about uh, Trump or right. Obama going yeah. and things like that. And I say, where is the evidence that being able to answer that question yeah. means you're able to organise a defence? It's two totally different things. And if you start believing that one does affect the other and that you're extremely clever in this part, so therefore this won't be an issue for you, then you give him a free pass. And he's had that free pass for such a long time now. Yeah. And 
he's not just had it from the fans and the people that don't get to question him, but the press. The press have always believed this hype about Wenger that he's such a superior, intelligent being that we can't then speak to him after the game and say, well, why did you do that? Why did you put that player there? I mean, I know James Olley gives it a good go of this yeah, uh, yeah. parish yeah. occasionally, yeah. but I, I still think that he has been elevated such yeah, a status that, so. that people won't question and won't say that there's been some kind of... Mm. Uh, uh, mistake made by him because and when they do, it's as if he can't make mistakes. Even when they do, like sometimes they do in the post-match interview. Like I think there's been a well, couple. Jackie of... Oatley did it once. Yeah, which was famously. Great. Yeah, amazing. And, and he got incredibly well because he's not used to it. Wasn't and he? yeah. he's not used to yeah. it, and he's not used to having to come up with an no. answer because no one's ever asked him. Before. To be fair to him, I, I did think that his post-match. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know why I'm clinging to this as a positive, but I, well, the one positive after the game was actually everything. His he honesty said, yesterday. Yesterday, that he kind of admitted that the team selection was fucked, and that he kind of, you know, I mean, he yeah. couldn't. He was like, "Yeah, maybe I shouldn't." He actually said something like, "Maybe I shouldn't have picked that team." You know, he must realise he should have just put them on the bench. That decision, mm. and he was weirdly almost like didn't. I didn't seem to care that much. I, can't, I you know, didn't seem that bothered in the in the, you know, maybe like maybe the relentless deja vu year after year of underperforming in the league, yeah. and going really far in the cup, particularly the FA Cup. It's got because here maybe he's like, oh, it's just different now, isn't it? It's different. <laughs> we do the Carabao Cup maybe instead. I don't know. Yeah, I do want to mention before we run out of time. I do. I am before yesterday. Those brilliant performances, I know they ended up in draws, but we have got to this weird reverse position now where against the big teams, we, at least at home, we perform attacking-wise really well. We've got the Lacazette, Ozil, Sanchez trio, and maybe Jack as well, mm. um, you know, as a kind of fourth player. Jack, I mean, I can't, you know, I mean, I don't. I, he seems to just be a, a mediocre kind of every now and then there's the odd decent pass. But. He's not even one of those where... I know, I mean, back before podcasts and before Twitter, Gilberto used to get criticised. Yes, yes. But, and then people say he's doing a lot of unseen work. And then if you watch the games back, you would see that unseen work. Well, yeah. with Shaka, I can't no, see it no, I can't at understand. all. I've looked for that yeah, unseen same, bit and same. I can't see it. And it can be infuriating as well. Absolutely, yeah. But for me, the, those four, but particularly the front three, are absolutely brilliant. You know, in in those games against Liverpool mm. and Chelsea, and I and I, but I, and I, this is an I told you so moment. I, you know, this is my one outlet to mm. to, to to trumpet my own theories because I I was saying right at the beginning of the year that if he focused on getting that those front three playing together as a unit and making that and and they have come together and I think and you know you had J- Jamie Carragher was saying they're better than Man City's front three. I mean, you know, whether you whether you whether you think he's gone too far or not, but that has been a joy seeing those two. I'd, tr- I'd want Lacazette finishing chances. Before, I know, uh, right? Yeah. So fine, Lacazette has not finished chances as well, but. Yeah. I mean the difference between him and Giroud. I'm sorry, I, know I go on. It's my classic, but I do feel like I've been. I'm being proven right, surely, because I know Giroud may even be a better finisher. Maybe I, mean, I don't think he is. I think Lacazette's just going through a bad period mm. finishing wise. But just the mobility yeah. and the link up play yeah. and the f- and the pace, everything, the creativity of those three, that is what we've been missing for me for the last five years. And I think a big key for that has been clearly that it's been Giroud there with them. Yeah. And I'm not blaming Giroud. I'm blaming Wenger again for not coming up with a way of playing him. But now that we've got this three, imagine if Lacazette was finishing, yeah. it would be even more better. The, but the ultimate tragedy again, obviously, any day now Alexis is going to go, isn't he? I mean, it's, it's all going to be over. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's odds on that he's going. Um, I mean, going back to that, I think the only teams that function well if they're playing well in one third of the pitch is if that one third is defence. Oh, of course. Not, oh, I'm not saying... Yeah. Oh, in no way am I saying yeah. that I think that's going to meet... I think it could be the difference between getting in the top four or not. I think it could. I mean, only because I think we're kind of on a par with Spurs and Liverpool. Yeah. They're both capable of fucking up in the same way we do, I think. 
where so I think that I don't say we can compete with the league or anything just with that front three, but I'm just clinging to that as a positive. I think it's a great pleasure to see them. Obviously, yeah. it's not help. The defense is still a laughing stock. We're great for the neutral, and I yeah. mean it's uh, it's it's lucky that the Emirates is full of neutrals nearly every game, <laughs> isn't it? Because I mean. I, I, but we the, have the been involved in three, two of the best, easily the best games. I take I take some comfort from that. As I, I mean, I know it's clearly it is an entertainment business. But give me one nils with George Graham Stern back for any any day of the week. I, you know, I, yeah, it, it's not what it's about. I like digging in, defending things like that. I don't mind a bit of flair, and and George Graham's team's had it at the right time. Yeah, but you can't have one without the other. And yeah, I mean, if if I lived if I lived. Uh, in, in London and I had a bit of spare cash and I had a season ticket I'd choose Arsenal if I was say an American businessman or something like that but then again saying that that is what the ground is really full of at the moment and I've noticed it a lot of the time now that we have an influx of those people that um, you know they don't particularly support the club and it's damaging the atmosphere that's a totally different debate anyway the, not, the atmosphere I think the atmosphere has been good in these big night it's games very loud against Liverpool very when loud he scored Liverpool. the third yeah, yeah it was brilliant yeah. but I was sitting next to people that were on day trips and oh, yeah. I bought the ticket at random yeah were you sitting in a box no 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 <laughs> I, no. I was, no. Uh, I'd occasionally get a box but that I was sitting in tickets that I just got a random off the ticket exchange and four to the right of me were tourists, two behind were tourists and the two to the left were tourists. I, again, I don't mind that, yeah. but I think you really need to start to understand that if that's what we're filling the stadium with, yeah, yeah, there, there'll have to be a, like a tipping point at some point. Yeah. Um, but for me, part of yesterday, going back to Sanchez leaving, you know, yesterday was a little glimpse into the future of mediocrity. If if he goes, I mean, you know, what are the chances of finding someone just in that general level of you know prowess of world class? You know, whatever you, you may think he's a little spoiled little brat, which I which I agree mm. with. You know, you may have the, the, again the Chaz theory that you know get get him out now, but even if you do, do you really believe that our setup right now is going to get someone in well, anywhere near that level of quality? Well, but the signings of Ozil and Sanchez weren't rocket science at the time because sure. obviously you look to a league where we haven't got a direct competitor, which yeah. is Spain, yeah. and you go to the two best clubs in Spain and ask them what their surplus is in an attacking position. And we end up with Ozil one year and Sanchez the next year, one from Real Madrid, yeah. one yeah, from yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. So in reality, I mean, I could go and do that for them tomorrow <laughs> yeah. and just say, well, Barcelona have got five forwards. Why don't you make an offer for the fourth one in the pecking order, you might get him. So I think there, that's not the issue. It's more about how young players or new players to our defence are coached. I I, I really don't think we can focus on the attack. I just... And they're not being. But imagine, but yeah, but I'm saying, oh yeah, of course you're right in in the bigger picture. What I'm saying is, uh, I mean, the the defence is so... I mean, I don't trust him to buy a... You know, why weren't we in for, you know... Virgil van Dijk, for example, we weren't even ever even vaguely linked with him, were we? As far as I could tell, whereas every other major team in we the were country, in the summer, but were not, we? Oh, but okay. not at all. Not in this, the, no. but, but Liverpool got that done under the radar. It was signed oh, before the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the transfer window. But just he, I can't imagine him going out in a million gazillion years. You can't imagine him going out and going, oh yeah, I'm going to splurge fifty million on this world class defender that I've that yeah. ever. It's just not going to happen, isn't it? So I'm assuming that's never going to happen. I'm at least thinking. We could try and get, you know, we were linked with Lamar and, and Mares, those people. Yeah. But I don't even trust that we could get one of those in now. Well, look, we we, we got turned down by Jamie Vardy. <laughs> okay. Thanks for reminding now, me. Now, there's 
something's going on when, and I mean, I yeah. without name dropping, <laughs> I know him reasonably well. And there wasn't one point there where you thought that he was going to come to this club. And that's a big club. I mean, the guy was playing at Fleetwood, Stocksbridge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Halifax. To say that he could have come to the Emirates, uh, to the th- probably the third biggest club in the country, or certainly yeah. we're in the top three, aren't we, in yeah. terms of prestige yeah. with United and Liverpool. And he's turned he's turned it down to stay at Leicester. Yeah. And then Oxley Chamberlain was offered 180k to stay with us, or 120k uh, per week to go to Liverpool. He jumped ship. Yeah. This, there, there are. I mean, there's a whole list of players that are not signing yeah. new contracts. Yeah. That are Well, Danny Welbeck, who had a shocking performance yesterday and didn't exactly put himself in the shop window, has apparently turned down a yeah. contract. Yeah, I saw that um, that to, to to extend, so obviously yeah. to not let it run yeah. down. Yeah. I mean that that's <laughs> I know. And speechless. as one of my points says that I am speechless, but one of my points says there as we're <coughs> desperately running out of time. I think there are four or five accounts on Twitter that I really respect for their Arsenal news, and they're all talking as if Fenger's definitely going at the end of this season. They all seem to think he's definitely going. Yeah. Yet everything we know about him says Surely he's staying because he sees out contracts yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and they seem to be almost yeah, calm it's and weird, saying, ah, oh, you've only got six more months, don't worry. You know, Darren Arsenal is one of them. I know he's got good links inside yeah. inside the club. He seems to be thinking it's absolutely done. Don't worry about it. You might have to put up with a bit of pain yeah, for the saying, next four or five months. Money. He doesn't want them spending money now to give the next manager all the money to spend that he wants to do. Yeah. But in the same respect, the, the, the players might be a bit closer than him. You'd expect them to be. They're not signing new deals. So... Right. Do yeah. they think someone's coming yeah, in? I genuinely think. Maybe. I genuinely think that he'll stubbornly stick out that contract. So do I, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll be amazed, I, I have yeah. no doubt whatsoever because he's not getting the pressure. No. You know, our board don't make statements saying we got knocked out against Forest yesterday. We are disappointed about that. Yeah. We've we've reminded Arsenal of his responsibility. Even the dreaded vote of no confidence. It doesn't no. even happen, does it? No. Never. No. Um, what about the... There's the other news, other kind of transfer speculation. Johnny Evans we've been linked with. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, what you... I mean, like, on one level, I just see... Has he ever been that great? Is Johnny Evans a great... Yeah, I mean... He's, he's, he's his stats are pretty good. Are they? And, and even when he's gone back into a defence where... So he's at Manchester United where you're in a defence where you don't get yeah. much pressure, but when you do, it's obviously, you know, in, in big games. Yeah. Whereas your favourites most weeks, so you're not under uh, immense pressure at the back. And I think Gary Neville was saying that he didn't think United should have got rid oh, yeah, of him he because yeah. uh, he he's a firm believer that you need four centre backs, even if you're playing four at the back. Mm. Well, if we've got three, if, if we're going three at the back, that means we need six of quality. Yeah, and he definitely <laughs> he's definitely not great odds. Yeah. At least three of the ones we've got. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You know, even if you unravel yeah. it and that way, you still that, get to the answer. You should. And sign at least him. that is addressing our big issue, which yeah. is defence. And, yeah. and he is an experienced. Yeah. Defender, yeah, so fine, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that'll be. Positive, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah for X Man U players, I know he's uh, obviously at West Brom at the moment, but for X Man U players, uh, Sylvester, we thought that yes. was a dud, yeah. I mean, Welbeck, yeah, they're probably laughing a little bit now, yeah. Um, Johnny like Evans, was wasn't he? When we, when yeah, like, like Johnny Evans, only what 27, 28, isn't he? I think he's. I don't know. No, okay. I couldn't I don't, tell. I don't think I don't, I don't think he is that old. And Theo might be going to if someone. So someone told me on Twitter. There's one account I can't I'm, who who's very sure of his 
transfer predictions. He's yeah. like, Theo will be leaving this transfer window for sure. And I was like, are you absolutely 100% sure? And he's like, yeah. telling me. But I still, I don't know. I can't see it. I don't, I don't feel he wants to leave. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He seems, as you said yourself, he seems happy with his lot. And uh, He does. Know, I don't think he's that bothered. I mean, he opened up his bank account this morning, saw about 100k in there yeah. from yesterday's performance. Yeah. Um, he lives just about Six miles from the training ground. Yeah. Um, he's got his family. Lovely big house. His, yeah. Young kids. Lovely yeah. wife. Yeah. 140k a week. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's fine. I mean, he's a, he's always struck me as someone who's not that bothered about football, if you know what I mean. No, he's in, not. But he's not. But he, he, but he, he, oh, he conceded that, didn't he? He said he was yeah, like yeah, more yeah. of an athletic fan when, yeah. when he was younger and He was stuff on my like friend's um, podcast, other podcast, yeah. yeah. And he, he said, yeah, I'm not, you know. He's not, oh, that's he where it comes from. He does yeah. not, he's not, he doesn't go home and watch football. He yeah. doesn't watch, only watches match of the day. He's, yeah, genuinely not that bothered, you know. He's just, and there's, you know, it happens a lot. I don't, I don't intrinsically have anything against that, but it is quite pertinent, I think, probably. Yeah. I can't criticise because if I was offered the same thing, yeah, I would take it. Exactly. In the same way, um, you know, he's got a bit of a profile and I'm sure that because he's such a nice bloke, he will get something in the future that means he works in media and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. why why go to Everton? And I mean, yeah. I like the North West as a place, but why go up? Well, Southampton why up well, through, Southampton doesn't seem to be a runner at all. They're in for a Monaco player oh, apparently really? but oh, okay. um, it doesn't seem to be a runner that he would go back there I know that means he doesn't have to uproot his family completely but um, I mean anywhere else going up to the northwest or a smaller Premier League club in yeah. you know a smaller city somewhere in the UK it means he's uprooting his young family to go and do that um, yeah I can't see that happening again you know it's not like he's going to go and win trophies there no yeah exactly he's given up on his England place yeah I think yeah um Strange, isn't it? It's Very really strange. strange. Um, should we do? Um, they've got two games. We've got the Chelsea game, yeah, on Wednesday. And now our main chance for silverware in the Carabao. Yeah. I mean, the Europa's just kind of could happen, I suppose. But I, I guess he's going to pick. I guess he weirdly rested the A team to play. And you must presume he's going to be playing a pretty strong team in, against Chelsea. Is it because it's Chelsea or is it because it's? I don't know, Boyd. Are you making <laughs> the huge error we sometimes make on oh, these podcasts yeah, of second-guessing Arson? I am. Yeah. But I still think he's probably going to pick a fairly strong team. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll pick the same team. Maybe he'll pick that same eleven that was fucking atrocious <laughs> yesterday. I wouldn't put it past him. His, his management does remind me of the, uh, <laughs> the line in Airplane when he says, let's get all the lights on the <laughs> runway. No, that's just what they'd be expecting us to do. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, but everyone yesterday was saying, "Well, that's why. That's why. Don't yeah. worry. That's why. Because yeah. we're going to go strong yeah. against Chelsea." Yeah, he probably still won't. I don't. I don't know. No. I really don't know. Do you play Sanchez? I mean, he's cup tied because he he's been on the pitch for a League Cup game this season, albeit for something like half hour, I think. Oh, so yeah. City won't be bothered about that if they're the ones that take him. But they're still in the competition. But they wouldn't be bothered about that anyway. Yeah. The only thing you do then is you scupper his deal if he gets injured. So if we're that reliant on the money and, and fortunately, do you think it's that close through, that he's going to sign? Yeah, I think uh, really? is it David Ornstein is pretty good, isn't is, he? Uh, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, oh, no, I think fine. he was saying. Oh, yeah, God. that it's just a matter of the fee oh, at really? the moment. Jesus so, Christ. so, that, so, so. Someone else goes, said, by the way, and the same person that's told me Theo is definitely going. Also said, read that that if it's true mm. that. Um, Sanchez is about to sign for them. Then we've definitely got a replacement lined up. Like, uh, really? What? Like, I'm sorry, I, don't, I very much doubt we have. I don't. I don't, I don't think we do business that way. No. The right way. No. I think we so haven't. Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. God. Away in the League Cup. 
Uh, I, yeah. Three uh, one Chelsea. Two <laughs> uh, one Chelsea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Bournemouth away on Sunday. Yeah. Bournemouth are a poor team. Um, at the Emirates earlier this season, I thought they were one of the poorest teams in the Premier League. And then, having seen five other teams during like games at West Ham where I've been working, I've seen as bad a team. So I think that whole bottom half is quite bad. Um, that said, we can get caught out occasionally, can't we? If people do their homework, yeah. Eddie Howe likes to do his homework. Again, he's another one of those that's so respectful of Wenger. He wouldn't even tell you if he had targeted our weaknesses afterwards. <laughs> we have to win that. Yeah. And I think when we ask for reactions, we usually get them. And it might be that it goes low at Chelsea and then we go up a bit of a high at the weekend. 2-0 uh, Arsenal. Yeah, I think he'll definitely play. I mean, you know, if, maybe except for Alexis' goal. I still, I still come to the terms of the fact that he's going to be going. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's going to be... I think it's say three one. I think in that game, post Alexis era might actually oh, well, mean that some of the players that have moaned behind the scenes about his effect on the squad, it might actually give a lift the other way. You know, I'm I'm digging for I positives don't care about here. Those people. I'm those digging people should for have grown up and dealt with it. Yeah, that's my feeling. Exactly. Alan, I'm sorry. Um, maybe Eddie Nketiah will be the uh, will get because. <laughs> Giroud's still injured, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. Oh, I suppose Welbeck. Yeah, Welbeck. I keep forgetting. Welbeck is kind of now a bit of a blank in my mind because he was such a blank yesterday. <laughs> anyway, this has been a uh, a uh, joyous chat. I hope you know. I hope people don't mind. It's just been the two of us. But what can you do? We did our best to get extra guests, we didn't did. we? We even even contacted one former member of Oasis that didn't reply to my tweet. Would you believe? Next yeah. time, Next Andy time. Bell, if you're listening, because I know you do listen. Occasionally, because uh, you've tweeted the podcast. Please do come on. Yeah, let's get Andy on. And then uh, I think Josh is back next week. Is he? are you coming? Are you, are you taking a long, I've, a long? I've got the hat trick ball, and now I'll be <laughs> <laughs> off. People will be sick of my voice. No, we'll be sick of mine. <laughs> um, so apologies that it was our echo chamber of uh, of alleged Wenger hatred. We don't hate him. Realism. Um, but thanks very much. Uh, thanks for your sterling efforts. Pleasure. While Josh has been away, very it's enjoyable. Been a joy. And he'll be back next week. Thanks. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.